And what's going on, guys? Kieran Edley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast, the place where we bring science and mindfulness together to speak about mental health and performance. So I had the beautiful opportunity of going with a friend and assistant of mine uh, to this place called Takapuna here in Auckland, a little beach town, if you will, um, where we quite literally just interviewed randoms on the Pocket Coach. It was the first ever live podcast that I've ever done. It was quite an awesome experience. And uh, yeah, I had the opportunity of interviewing this amazing man by the name of Shane Butler. Um, He just came along and sat down. We had a conversation and uh, speaks all sorts of things about life and about mental health and about the lessons that he's learned. And um, yeah, there's definitely some some incredible insights that are uncovered through this um, amazing random interview. Uh, so I'm definitely very excited to share it with you. There is some noise, um, like sort of bustling in the background since it is outside, um, just a little FYI. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a fantastic interview. So I definitely look forward to sharing this with you. Now, if you find that you gain anything from this episode, um, we don't, um, of course, charge anything. We don't um, run ads or anything like that. So we don't actually earn any money from this podcast. We um, actually do it simply out of passion for sharing it Um, but it would really do us a massive favor that if you did gain anything from this episode um, that you share it or that you uh, tell somebody about it it really helps us to of course reach more people and grow this podcast it's really literally the only thing that grows this podcast anyway without further ado let's go this a success off another breath this the first step in searching to be nothing less than be the best in what you do to prove their strength in being you. Learn so much in chasing dreams that I never would in school. So what was your name again? Sorry. Shane. Shane. Yeah. So Kieran. My hands yeah, that's sorry. okay, brother. That's okay. Yeah. Thank you for coming down. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Was interesting. Yeah. And where are you from, by the way? Originally from the US. From US. Oh, Utah, okay. So. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Now I live in Okra, so just north of Long Bay. Yeah, yeah. And how are you finding it in New Zealand? How long have you been in New Zealand? About six and a half years this time and two years another time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so first time was in mostly in Christchurch. Yeah. Then went back to the States to be close with family and then had wanted to come out here for some time. And Beautiful. We had the chance in 2014 and been here ever since. So. Wow. Oh, that's a country. Oh, man. I'm, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, Yeah, I've spent some time in the States, but mainly in um, California and okay. a little bit on the East Coast. So I did a little bit of Florida and... Um, the keys, which was beautiful. Nice. Um, yeah, but um, I lived for three months in San Diego. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Absolutely loved it there. Yeah, it was. It's definitely. I feel like that was a home away from home, San yeah. Diego. Yeah, San Diego was beautiful. Mm. So. I've only spent a little time there, but it was nice. Yeah, yeah. Florida. I only know the airport, just passing okay. through. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So, what drew you to New Zealand originally? Was- oh, it was quite some time ago um when we we're still married um we'd both been interested in new zealand and australia for some time right and even before lord of the rings yeah you know, so. okay so you actually knew it existed yes. before we, we actually knew it existed yeah. long before yeah. it became popular and yeah. with middle earth but yeah and had the chance to move down here and it was what, 2006 so 2006 to 2008 lived in new zealand and enjoyed it here and beautiful we had um our son was about five years old at the time oh like amazing seven and yeah the next time we moved down is actually it was funny because we had a daughter in the meantime while we were back in the states oh, wow. and, and she was almost five when we moved here so yes. it was a similar experience for her but now we've just stayed and she doesn't know any different she hardly remembers the states right she just knows new zealand mostly yeah. and little yeah. so 
memories any, of it. Any accent at all? She has kept most of her American accent. Really? really weird. That is so fascinating. And if it's like a New Zealand name, yeah. or like a place or something, then she'll do more of a Kiwi accent okay. with it. Yeah. And I'm not sure, but I'm betting that times she probably switches a little bit with her friends. Mm. Um, but yeah, like a lot of people are just like, oh, I love her accent and stuff. And oh, like, yeah. To me, it's just normal. But yeah, for sure. And sometimes there are certain words where she'll kind of mix up in the sentence a little bit of Kiwi accent, a little bit of American mm. accent. And me, I'll probably never lose my American accent. Just, yeah. I'm old enough. That it's, it's just, just so deeply there. ingrained. Eh? Yes. Yeah. It was interesting. When I went overseas, um, I lived in a few different countries. Um, and I held on to my New Zealand accent. Yes, but I lost actually quite a bit of it. Eh? So when I came back, um, people were asking me, where are you from? I'm like, I'm oh, from yeah. here. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. It did diminish slightly, but I can definitely see that it would, it would never completely disappear. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people tell me mine has softened yep. over time. Yeah. So, so um, when's the last time we went back? What's that? Uh, 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so, been a while. Yeah. yeah, it is. So I'm looking at possibilities of going back to visit now because there's yes. been, like, between my my mom and my dad and my stepmom, their health's not great. And so it's like, okay, mm. I should go back for a visit and just see them and put up with the, the two weeks quarantine when I come back here. And yeah, yeah. Just but do it so oh that's fantastic brother yeah, yeah. beautiful yeah so um thanks for coming on down as i mentioned earlier man and um i'd love to actually ask what what inspired you to um join in what was the sort uh, of because it seems like what a lot of what you talk about is like um managing mood and yeah. emotions different things and it's something that i'm getting into right now mm. um, um at the moment i'm doing holistic health with like massage therapy <laughs> reiki cranial sacral therapy and a few different things yeah under luminary wellness but I'm transitioning into creating some online workshops around personal development. Oh, wow. Like the Amazing. I, the first yes. one I'm making is nine tools for managing stress and difficult emotions. And wow. It's like, okay, it'd be cool to talk with him and just see what he has to say and this and that. And oh, Fantastic. And what, what have been some of the big takeaways and lessons that you've gained so far that have really surprised oh. you in a way, I suppose, is probably a good one? I think one of the main things is that it's not so much about the big things. It's about the little things. Yeah. Just little tiny things, whether it's just like, okay, pausing and just breathe for a moment and you know if it's totally. mindfulness just taking 60 seconds just to be really aware of what you see or what you hear and things like that and um that was important enough that i kind of incorporated it into like my first tattoo a few years ago and yeah um you know, there's just so many little things that we can do making sure we move our bodies um whether yeah. that's you know the gym or yoga or just going for a walk yeah. or stretches mm. if we're not moving our bodies we're not managing the stress and the, the emotions that's just gonna get stuck yes yes and there's it, actually a big thing about that isn't there yeah. the fact that it can um that our nervous system does actually um have some form of release that occurs through that movement and through that shake i mean like of course it's very animalistic isn't it yeah. you see like um you see de antelope do it a lot um when they uh when say they've just been hunted down hello hello <laughs> hey, I'm going to come give you a hug. I'm jumping out of this. Sorry, That's all right. So... And that's also... Um, this fantastic human over here is one of the humans that I work with. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, she's just coming from Australia. Australia, <laughs> that's a yeah. big hop over the pond. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is. Yeah, um, and it's really fascinating, right? Around with the antelope, if you see a whole herd of antelope, uh, and so, like basically they get chased down by like a lion or by some sort of predator, uh -huh. um, and say one of their peers die, quite literally within sixty seconds, you'll see the rest of the herd shake it off, 
and then return back to what they were doing. It's like, they're, yeah, they're, they're not as traumatized the way that we are. They're not accumulating this yeah. um, strong, intense memory um, the same way that we would if, you know, there was a death around us or even if we just um, went through a breakup, let alone death itself. Um, so that's the switch from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic? Correct. Yeah. So, um, so there's an interesting... Um, they can't actually maintain a very long... Um, uh, they can't really maintain a very long period of time in the sympathetic system. Yeah, um, yeah because the um, the way that we're designed, we're designed to go through prolonged periods of stress, whereas um, animals such as antelope aren't. So they're actually designed to go more into the parasympathetic because what the parasympathetic does is it helps them to broaden their vision. Mm. Um, and, of course, you know, they're... they're um, um, well, they're you know, not predators, right? So they need to constantly be yeah. aware of their surroundings. Absolutely. Whereas we've been more um, in the predatorial um, state for a lot of the time, you know, hunting, hunting, hunting. Um, so our eyes have um, been, you know, focused more forward. Um, mm. And in doing so, we don't actually need this um, need this huge widespread vision the same way as like the antelope do. Because they need to, they're out in open fields. They need to be aware and in the parasympathetic state. They're able to be more um, observ- observant of what's going on around them. So if they're in the sympathetic state, they're more in the narrow vision, you right. see? Yeah, so I think based on um, what I've heard anyway, I'm, I might be speculating a little bit here, but <laughs> yeah, they aren't able to maintain that sympathetic state um, because of a few reasons, such as the fact that they need to keep the vision more broad right. for survival purposes. Um, but sense. yeah, one of the shifts is the shaking, the movement. Yeah, is to help them to shift. Um, Yeah, which is really fascinating. And it's definitely something that us humans don't do enough of, right? Um, Which is a movement factor. So, yeah, I love that. That was a big factor you noticed. It's one of the main things that's helped me. Like, I went through stages of where I had um, high enough levels of anxiety and depression that Mm. I was, like, referred by a doctor for counseling stuff and movement, like, especially, like, just freeform dance, just finding some music I like and just shaking my body however I feel like has been one of the most best therapies for me wow i'm doing that but i know a lot of people just find different ways to do it so, yeah yeah you know however it is is moving the body is just so beneficial yes yeah. yeah so true and you mentioned as well i'm um, like the pausing factor that's been big for me mm. um the tuning into the senses the sensory organs and actually noticing what it is i see a taste a touch smell here and um really tuning into those moments frequently throughout the day has allowed me to break up um this association I had with mind. It's like the belief, the strong belief that I had with a thought in the past was to the point of my reality. Like every single thought I had in terms of maybe this person doesn't like me, that thought would be instantly real to me. It uh-huh. would, like, that, that assumption would actually be reality. Yeah. Or the assumption that I'm not good enough would be a reality for me, right? Or the assumption that um, my partner is going to break up with me would be a reality for me. Like these assumptions that I'd made, these thoughts that I that I'd had going through my head were so strong and potent to me that they became a reality um, to the point where I actually manifested it because I would um, act from a state of fear and clingingness and control in those environments because I was so fearful and afraid of it actually going through with that. And then, of course, the more you try to grapple onto something, you know, the more it tries to get away. Um, so, yeah, that was the kind of life that I lived for a long time and that pausing, that simplicity um, of just taking moments of breath and moments of pausing and tuning into the sensory organs um, more often throughout the day, that allowed me to break up that um that uh, identification I had with my mind and my thoughts and mm. really helped to create that space and really come to a, a deep understanding as to what reality really was, which is this, like, this is reality, Absolutely. what we're doing right now, <laughs> you know, not what I'm thinking about in an hour's time or two hours time. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the worst, the worst things that happen just are usually just our fears. Life's yes. usually a lot less stressful than our fears think it's going to be. Oh man. Yeah. And I, I like that you're talking about like thinking about all those negative things and stuff. Cause 
like there's a difference between like ruminating about all these different things and yes. using potential negative thoughts constructively and there used to be this movement for like you should only have positive thoughts you can only yes, have positive thoughts. yes and that's not generally it's, possible as no, human beings exactly we're hardwired for a certain amount of negative emotions if like you step out in the street you think okay i might get hit by a bus yeah that serves a useful purpose like okay stop and look yes it's different than like you know when we're just ruminating like okay maybe they, what do they think this well i should have done this and this and those become not yes. useful for us and those aren't good but but we have to have a certain amount of negative thoughts in order to just be human and to process things and take safe actions yeah totally so totally it's okay, it's okay to have some negative thoughts and absolutely and yeah. it's actually the um the the attempt at suppressing those negative thoughts that ends up being the most problem the biggest problem in our life isn't it yeah 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 there's a a book i read several years ago i don't remember any specifics but it was called um the antidote happiness for people who don't like positive thinking wow and this journalist went and interviewed all these different groups like stoics and buddhists and different yeah, things yeah. and like people that just really allow themselves just to totally see all aspects whether they feel it's negative or positive yeah. and to feel everything and and just plan accordingly. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, um, Buddhist concepts have definitely served me a lot um, mm. with the concept of um, equanimity is a big strong factor that um, has helped me in a positive way. And that is the concept that there's no positive or negative thoughts, it's just thoughts. There's no positive or negative emotions, there's just emotions. Mm. And being able to be fully accepting and embracing of all thoughts, all emotions, no matter what comes through, that's the concept of equanimity. And um, and Jesus talked about it a lot, actually, um, in his own way, without using that specific word. Um, but so did as well um, what they call Adi Yogi or Shiva, you know, thousands mm. of years ago. So there's been like this beautiful chain of events through... Um, you know, deeper traditional um, teachings around yeah. this concept of equanimity, um, which is this concept that um, there doesn't need to be this strong attachment to the beauty, like to the concept of beauty or the you know perception of beauty, because then it, everything else becomes hell. Right. Um, and now, basically, I'm creating my own hell on earth, like in doing so. Um, so the concept, this concept, is really, and the teaching is really um, to come to a place where this quote unquote hell on earth that I've been creating in my mind um, because I'm perceiving things as bad and negative um such as like these unpleasant emotions are bad and these um negative thoughts are terrible and you know the strong aversion of these things creates a suffering of those things when they happen but when i'm in equanimity when these things arise it's no longer am i trying to avert them am i trying to escape them right. um so i'm no longer in a state of reaction um because that's really what reaction is right because going into a state of trying to get away from something yeah. or trying to fight something. That's so, a reaction. So yeah. that's kind of like where like meditation mindfulness can come in hand because it teaches totally. just to observe the thoughts and things and not yes. judge them as negative that's, or, that's or just positive. Yeah. Just to notice them and then you can figure out what you want to do with them later on, but just to not get so much into the judgment of it all. Absolutely, huh. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what the concept is about. Yeah, yeah. Coming to a place of that equanimity, which is that place of non-judgment. Yeah, yeah, which I really love. Nice. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very beautiful teaching and... Um, yeah, I, I definitely love that. Um, it's coming into more modern society, more, more a little bit more, which is really beautiful. And not like, yes, Buddhism is coming around a lot, which is amazing, but even the concept of neutrality, the concept of equanimity yeah. is um, coming up a lot more. And like meditation, really, that's the teaching of meditation. Meditation is a state of non-doing, you know, and non-reactiveness, right. yeah, yeah, which I love, right? A state of consciousness and um, compulsiveness or reaction is quite literally the opposite of consciousness. So one that can be meditation um, or be in meditation um, not just in terms of the practice but in terms of the way of life mm. um, yeah is one that has come to a place of equanimity within themselves yeah yeah which i really find such a beautiful way of living very cool yeah. i like that yeah 
something yeah. for me to take away and think oh, about man. even more and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for um, jumping on. Is there anything that you would um, that you're that you'd like to share or anything that you'd like to um, speak to? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Um, no, the thing I was thinking is like it's just it's important to have human time and yeah, people time and like healthy touch and. <laughs> things like that because yeah. we can survive without it but we can't thrive yes yes without it. i love i love that i love that so, yeah but yeah but i didn't mm. call that good so mm. oh beautiful <laughs> thank you so much for yeah. coming on yeah, yeah. Um, um do you want to come and join yeah cool uh, well, thank you there. so much for coming on brother Thanks, yeah, yeah yeah so great to meet you you too yeah yeah and um yeah yeah feel free to hang around and um yeah if the space opens up we can I'll jump on again or nice. yeah you're awesome <laughs> good on you have a beautiful day and thank you once again, as always, for tuning in to the Pocket Coach Podcast. It honestly means the world. It really does. Um, I mean, you guys listening are, is the reason why this even happens in the first place. I mean, if no one was listening, right, what, what, what would I record? And here we are. <laughs> um, so thank you. Um, I love you guys. Uh, if you found any value in this, then uh, it does us a big favor and it helps us to reach more people that uh, do need to hear these sort of stories or um, these sort of interviews or these sort of words um, if you either subscribe or share it on social media or leave a review um, other than that guys wishing you the best lots of love so I do this for you.